Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded, from Disaster Recovery Journal and its flawless business resilience. Now, here's your host, Vanessa Vaughn. Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Vaughn, the founder and resilience officer of Asphalus Advisors. We have a great guest lined up for you today speaking on the topic of adaptive business continuity. So let's jump right in and meet our first guest, Mark Armour with Breaks. He's the director of Global Business Continuity. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you and how you got into the world of business continuity? Sure, sure. So uh, unlike most people that I uh, come across, uh, I wasn't recruited. Uh, I didn't just get business continuity added to my responsibilities. I voluntarily entered the business continuity profession. 16 years ago, I had a colleague who was in a business continuity team. They had an open opportunity. It sounded really interesting. My thought at the time was, well, I, I can always give it a try. Worst comes to worst, I can go elsewhere. And 16 years later, I'm still enjoying it, still finding a lot of value in it. And uh, hopefully it'll be another 16 years that I can continue to do so. Wow. So you're a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> that I am. That I am. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit more? Yeah. Which types of companies were you at in your 16-year career? Was it all corporate? Was it small business? Was it government? Uh, so yes, it was all, all private industry. Um, I'm currently at Brinks. Prior to Brinks, I was I spent all of my time in the financial services industry. So I worked for a mortgage company, uh, worked for uh, an auto lender, uh, and banking. Very familiar with most listeners and, and probably some of their challenges, particularly in the, the financial industry where regulations play a large part. And of course, just, just the complexity and, and uh, on the customer side, the, the need to, to deliver really quickly and, and rapidly when disruptions occur. So in 16 years, it sounds like at some point in time, a need developed to adapt business continuity. So please help us as well as our listeners to learn more about what is adaptive business continuity. Sure. All right. So um, I wish there was a 30-second soundbite. So I'm going to kind of answer this in two phases. I think first, (laughs) let me just give you a little bit of background. Maybe like a lot of people in business continuity, particularly like me, who had maybe been doing it for a significant portion of time, I was struggling really with things that we always hear within this profession people struggle with. It's executive engagement. It's satisfying time-based recovery objectives. It's doing things like risk assessments and business impact analyses, but then being able to do that in a quick enough and a short enough turnaround time to give you time to develop plans and develop capabilities, things of that nature. In that time, I talked to a lot of my colleagues at other organizations and other institutions and discovered that a lot of us had very much the same problems and the same experiences. And that was just the same struggles that everybody else in the business continuity industry and profession have. And I learned from a lot of people some of the innovations, some of the creative solutions that they had, and some of the different means that they had to address the problems that they encountered. And through that, me and a colleague by the name of David Lindstedt developed something called adaptive business continuity. And the idea was to have a framework that basically gave people license to do things a little bit differently. We wanted to take those innovations, those creative solutions, and again, wrap some kind of framework or methodology around that so that rather than following the traditional approaches to business continuity, whether it's ISO 22301, DRI, or BCI's good practice guidelines, something completely different, something that laid out a completely different approach to business continuity, 
that was value-driven, that either went around or got around a lot of the problems and issues that people experience traditionally. Um, so that's the background. As far as what adaptive business continuity is, I think of it as really a complete rewrite of our approach to business continuity. It's designed to eliminate a lot of what I call the ineffective and time-wasting activities. I'm thinking of things like the business impact analysis, risk assessments, the upfront executive engagement and buy-in that a lot of our standard practices dictate. And in favor of that, we promote a simple, flexible approach rather than kind of a lengthy sequential list of activities and deliverables that traditional approaches to business continuity favor. And I would say it's kind of at the end of the day, it's built on a very simple methodology. And that methodology is first, measure your current capabilities. Second, through that measurement, identify and implement improvements to your current capabilities. And then third, remeasure. So the idea then is to validate the effectiveness of any changes that you've made, as well as identify further opportunities for improvement. Wow, that's definitely changing the approach. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, for sure. So you said something when you were describing the background in terms of the standards or the requirements, and I'm thinking about the ISO standards. So I'm sure that ISO 22301 and many other ones, you know, are are still managing their existing methodology. How does adaptive kind of adapt to that, if that makes sense? That's a good question. Um, I think by promoting a simple approach to adaptive, what David and I and others that, that we work with have endeavored to do is really give practitioners more leeway, more flexibility, more license to kind of do things differently and truly adapt their programs and their approaches to the organization's that they work with or that they support, right? We we all know and we, we see this time and time again, whether it's at a conference or um, articles that we read, that a one-size-fits-all approach is not the best method. Every organization is different. It carries with it its own culture, different hierarchies. Every industry has different methods and different approaches. So what we need to be able to do is enable an approach to business continuity that reflects that diversity in the various organizations that we all support. By moving us to a much more simple approach, the details and the individual steps that we take to implement that approach can then be tailored to the organizations that we support. So one of the things that I absolutely love about our industry are the exercises. I love being in the rooms with the leadership team and creating scenarios and asking questions that they probably haven't been asked before and helping them to get some exposure to the things that they probably don't see on a daily basis. I also understand that you use exercises to help measure your program. And oftentimes you you use it before industry standards tell you to. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) So can you share more about your approach with exercises and how you do that at Brinks? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I will tell you, not only do we use exercises, I use live bets. So Brinks, large global organizations, 60,000 employees. We operate in some 40 countries. There's barely an event that occurs in the world that does not affect us in one way or another. So in addition to exercises, anytime there's an event, we can use our response and the execution of our strategies to be able to evaluate what our current capabilities truly are. And again, through that identifiable, where can we continue to improve what we do? So to, so to answer the question, where traditional approaches, they might call them exercises, but because it kind of falls at the very end of that laundry list of activities within traditional methodologies, 
it really is a test, right? You're kind of defining what your strategies are, what your objectives are for the execution of those strategies, writing procedures that people then have to follow in order to execute that strategy. And then essentially where people are, are tested on that. What I endeavor to do is, is turn that around completely, put the exercises at the front. So I don't use it as a means to test or validate what we perhaps assume we're capable of. I go in with a fresh set of eyes and say, okay, really, what are we capable of doing based on what people know, based on the resources that are available to us, based on any written procedures or documentation that may exist? In some cases, it may not exist. A lot of cases, people are executing just on intuition and what they know. And that's where we should start. Put people in a room, let's tabletop it. If we have some ex- some strategies, we can try to execute some of those. If there are tools such as notification systems, incident management systems, document repositories, that's the opportunity to identify to what extent people are aware of those tools or the existence of those tools, as well as their awareness and their competence to be able to utilize those tools when the time comes. And through that, both familiarize people with what those tools are, what those processes and procedures are, and through that identify opportunities to improve, right? So it may simply be providing some people with some awareness of the existence of resources. It might be the development of specific procedures, or it might actually be identifying the need to obtain resources to enable response and to enable recovery. I feel like my answers are really long-winded. Hopefully they make sense, and hopefully I'm answering, uh, answering the question. Well, it's a new approach, so I appreciate your level of detail. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So if I am working for a small business, if I am working in a big private company, or if I'm working in the government, how can someone access and utilize Adaptive, which I actually have an acronym, and I'm sure you guys you know, use this as well, ABC, Adaptive Business <laughs> Good question. Good question. And I I agree. We usually utilize ABC or simply adaptive to reference adaptive business continuity. As far as accessing resources, simply the first thing you can do, if you go to adaptivebcp.org, you'll find all the information on adaptive supporting materials. There's something on there called the Adaptive Business Continuity Manifesto. That's the first thing I encourage everybody to read. It lays out 10 principles of adaptive business continuity. And of course, through there, there's uh, contact information, info at at adaptivebcp.org. I encourage anybody who's listening, if they want to reach out to me directly, feel free to do so. Again, you can reach us at info at adaptivebcp.org. You can contact me on LinkedIn, Mark Armour, A-R-M-O-U-R. I accept most, most introductions if it's from somebody within the industry. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at bc underscore revolution. Last thing I'll mention is we do also have a book, Adaptive Business Continuity, A New Approach. It's from Rothstein Publishing, and it's available Google Books. It's available on Amazon in both print format and uh, an ebook. So another question I have for you, is there still a need for industry certifications based on the ABC approach? Uh, I've had kind of a love-hate relationship with with certifications (laughs) myself. (laughs) I am DRII certified. I feel like at least knowing and being familiar with what traditional approaches are helps inform what I do, whether it's, I mean, not to say that everything that we've done within the profession is wrong, so to speak. I think there are some good practices, but I I think this very linear 10-step or 14-step approach to business continuity really does not deliver value. And I think most certifications, if not all certifications that are out there, really focus on how do you execute the methodology and really don't get to the core, which is 
what do practitioners, what skills do they need? What expertise do they need? What abilities enable good business continuity practice? Because it's really not just about being able to execute a methodology. That again is one of the drivers for adaptive is make it simple, but that enables us to focus really on the core skills and capabilities that practitioners need and focus less on that methodology and all of the actions and deliverables that are needed. So to, so that, that leads to the answer to the question, which is, I think to a degree, certification, as it's done within business continuity and most other professions, serves some purpose, right? Is It, it demonstrates that maybe people have been within the profession for a certain period of time, um, have proven some degree of expertise simply by working within the profession uh, or within the discipline. However, I, I think certification needs to change. And adaptive, by the way, we're, we're introducing our very first certification at DRJ next March. We hope to kind of change the approach to certification. So rather than simply giving people a list of actions and deliverables within a methodology that they need to memorize, we really need to focus on, okay, what key skills, um, what key capabilities are necessary within the profession to be successful? That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I can imagine that you all have a vision and have a goal, you know, of where you want ABC to grow into. So I have a two-part question. How do you approach companies to make the transition to adaptive versus the traditional state? And then the second question is, what questions or concerns typically arise as you approach people with this transition? All right. So, so I'll answer these in order. So the first, uh, how do we approach companies to transition to adaptive? Currently, it's really just by promoting the methodology itself. So Dave and I are continually promoting adaptive business continuity, kind of pushing familiarity with it. Uh, we speak at industry conferences. We write pretty frequently. So really, as far as individual company engagement, it's from folks reaching out to us. So people have read an article or they've attended a presentation of ours or maybe even a podcast. And through that, they've reached out to us and said, you know what, I really like this. This makes sense to me. Can you provide us some more, some more information or some, some more guidance? So I definitely encourage listeners to reach out to us and we're more than happy to provide some guidance and maybe put them in touch with some like-minded individuals to help them on their adaptive journey. The second question is what concerns or issues arise? I think they come in two main flavors. I think the first, for those who have been in business continuity for any length of time, and I think that's the majority of people David and I and our colleagues deal with, uh, we're still struggling to try to get people as they first enter the profession. So the first issue really is just, I would say, breaking bad habits and changing perspective. It's such a different approach to business continuity. If you're kind of steeped in traditional approaches to business continuity, it's very difficult to kind of change that perception or change that mindset. And I know this firsthand. I follow traditional methodology for the majority of the 16 years I've been in business continuity. So for the past five or six years, as I've tried to implement or transition to adaptive, I still, maybe not now, but even as much as recently as like a year ago, still found myself kind of falling back on old habits, still falling back on, shoot, I need to collect this data. Let me do a BIA or shoot, what risks do we have to worry about? So really kind of abandoning and breaking those bad habits and changing that mindset and perspective is one of the main issues. The other is really addressing the concerns of auditors and regulators. This is why I think adaptive needs a larger audience and I think greater recognition. To your earlier question about certification, one of our hopes is that by delivering and providing certification that will get adaptive additional legitimacy so we get recognition and familiarity with auditors and regulators. 
But on that particular topic, what I would say is adaptive and its model of measurement that we advocate really kind of provides the data, the information, and demonstrable value of business continuity. And I believe that will provide businesses with the information that they need and the proof they need to what I think is really kind of push back on auditors and regulators. I think we need to evolve our thinking in this space from business continuity being driven by regulation or by regulators and auditors dictating what we do and instead say, take ownership for business continuity and delivering that value. Use that data, use those measures to then turn around to those auditors and those regulators and say, look, here's what we're able to do. Here's what we're able to deliver. Here's the improvements that we're able to do with maybe fewer resources and in a quicker time frame versus what traditional practices require, which require a much longer execution time frame, and I believe much less value at the end of the day. It makes sense. I mean, lots of questions, and I think kind of touched on this, but it sounds like a growth mindset is really required. You have to think outside of the box and be willing to become aware understand what the value is, and then make that change. And I think change is just hard in general. <laughs> Without a doubt. But in, in this profession, I think we all recognize that you know sometimes we're the agents of change. So if we're resistant to change ourselves, it's very hard to institute the changes that we want to see with the organizations we support, right? Absolutely. So here's another one that I have, and you touched on this earlier about executive engagement. And uh-huh. every executive that I talk to, they don't care about the process. They don't care about the methodology. They care about their results. And can we recover or not, right? And they don't really like prizes. (laughs) So my question to you is, how have you seen the engagement with the leadership team change as a result of the ABC approach at Brief? I am glad you asked that question because my experience, I've learned a little bit from from colleagues that I've worked with, their experience as well. Some of it driven by my guidance and, and what I promote, but I believe adaptive is truly a game changer in this space, right? To what you've mentioned, the traditional approach to business continuity has this kind of front-loaded executive engagement mindset where we have to go to executives and, and obtain permission to go do what essentially we've been hired to do, which is implement business continuity best practices. As part of that, we expect to kind of provide scare tactics to get them to support and engage with our programs. Uh, We're providing a laundry list of initiatives, executions, and deliverables that, like you said, most executives don't really care about. Adaptive, again, turns that whole thing on its head. Rather than reaching out to executives first, what I advocate is do that capabilities assessment first. Measure your program. That enables practitioners to do two things. First, they can be transparent. So as you mentioned, executives don't like surprises. I think traditional approaches are predicated on the on the idea that if we execute this whole methodology front to back, that enables effective response and recovery. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think we could execute within the business continuity space for years, maybe even decades, and still not get ultimately to where we want to be because it's kind of an evolving road and organizations evolve themselves. So even if you reach a certain point where you're comfortable, new products, new services are going to come to market, hierarchies are going to change, the culture is going to change, you've got mergers and acquisitions. Adaptive enables practitioners to be more flexible, more adaptable, and respond to those changes much more quickly and much more effectively by measuring and using existing capabilities. A, that provides transparency. 
So you don't have any surprise on the on the part of the executive team. It's also a recognition. I mean, if you're measuring, if you're truly effectively measuring what your capabilities are, you're not going to show 100% across the board. You're not going to show that your organization is perfect in its ability to execute response and recovery capabilities. And I think that's what we need to do as practitioners is be honest about our capabilities. From that, executives, I believe, and this is from my firsthand experience, what I've seen, executives like that, right? They like being told the truth and they like to know, well, where are we deficient? Where do we need to make improvements? And through those measurements, now they have the ability to make an informed decision about where you're going to execute next in business continuity. So when I'm delivering capabilities measures to my executives at Brinks, for example, Obviously, we're showing a bunch of different services, a bunch of different regions and locations that um, that we're executing in. Not all of them are going to be 100%. In fact, most of them are going to fall short of that. Now, executives can make a decision about where they want me and my team to focus our efforts for the next quarter or for the next year. Where traditional approaches look backwards, they're collecting a bunch of information and analyzing that data. And then all subsequent activities are looking back on that data that was maybe collected months, maybe even a year, year and a half ago. Adaptive is based on your most recent capabilities measures, which could have been days, weeks, at most, maybe a few months prior. And executives can use that based on their knowledge of what the future strategies of the organization are to direct the business continuity teams and leaders in the execution of improvements to their current capabilities. The reason why I ask is every company that I've worked with and then now on the other side and engaging with customers, executives really don't care about the process. I think as a consultant for many of our clients, we also have to do a great job in helping the vice presidents and the practitioners in the organization to be able to articulate the value, right? You've spoken to how you do that well at Briggs. Yeah, yeah. Again, you talked about executives. They don't necessarily care about the process. In heavily regulated industries, they care about the process to the extent that regulators and auditors are expecting and requiring specific deliverables. The extent to which we can move our profession and industry from being driven by regulator requirements to perform a specific set of actions and instead provide executive leadership with current, accurate, objective data that they can use to either push back on regulators or simply to drive their programs, the better off we're all going to be. Absolutely. So I must tell you and our listeners that I kind of cheated on how I got to these questions because I'm holding a copy of Adaptive Business Continuity, A New Approach. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. (laughs) And this is a book that David, Mark, and Kristen have all contributed, and I'm currently on chapter two. I have lots of highlights and underlinings. And so Mark, do you have any other published materials that you can point our listeners to? I know you already gave us where they can find you, but any other published materials or books? That's predominantly it. If you follow myself or if you follow Dr. David Lindstead on LinkedIn, where we publish, I wouldn't say with any degree of regularity, Uh, it's very sporadic. You might go months without seeing anything new, and then occasionally we'll, we'll pop up with three or four articles in the span of four or six weeks. I hope to have an article coming out in DRJ in the spring issue 2019. Uh, but beyond that, it's really just uh, just LinkedIn and, and various other continuity central, I think, would be the other. But if you go to the if you go to the website, if you go to adaptivebcp.org, you'll find links to a lot of those, both LinkedIn articles as well as the continuity central articles. 
as well as links to a lot of other resources. So don't just take my word or David's word for what we say. There's a lot of other practitioners, some of whom I've relied on to inform what we've developed within Adaptive. So AdaptiveVCP.org is probably your best source. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Espolis Advisors. Look out for future episodes. Business Resilience Decoded is produced and edited by John Seals. For more information, visit drj.com slash decoded and asfalasadvisors.com slash decoded. Write to us on Twitter at drdecoded. decoded.